This program is a proud member of Univaz. Unified, unique, voices. Learn more at univazpods.net. Hi, I'm Ann Bobby from Nightbreed and Bioshock and Suffer the Little Children in Hanover House. And I'm here to tell you that Halloween is supposed to be scary, but when you're an LGBT teenager living on the streets, every single day is scary. That's why the Scream Queens is using the annual Countdown to Halloween Marathon to raise funds for new alternatives. It's an organization dedicated to improving the lives of homeless LGBT youth in New York City. Your donation will not only help provide these kids with hot meals, housing, and medical care, but also essential long-term needs like getting a diploma, life skills training, and HIV testing. Make a donation at give.classy.org slash SQ now through November 15th and help make the world a less creepy place. This is Ann Bobby. I'm a scream queen. And so are you. <laughs> <laughs> Hello again, my beautiful screamers, and welcome to another episode of Scream Queens, the podcast where horror gets gay. This is episode 205? Yes, 205, and we are still marching along in the countdown to Halloween Marathon, and tonight we're doing something a little different. We're going to talk to the creators of a brand new LGBT podcast, that's launching on Halloween that deals especially with original horror stories and songs and, well, horror fiction, I should say, and monsters out of the closet. But, of course, I would be remiss to hop right to the fun stuff without talking about why we're all here. It's day, I don't even know anymore, day 12 of the marathon, and as you know very well by now, this is a fundraiser that uh, I've come up with to raise money for New Alternatives, which is an organization here in New York which helps homeless LGBT teenagers. And they do amazing work, and you guys have really been stepping up to the plate. Uh, We've only got a few days left to reach the goal of $1,000, but I am confident that we can do it. And you can help by going over to give.classy.org slash SQ and donating right now. You can go ahead, put the show on pause. We're not going anywhere. We'll wait for you. And if I went too quickly and you didn't quite catch the URL, I'll be repeating it again at the end of the show. It's in the show notes on your uh, podcast player, and it's on the web page, so you should be able to find it really easily. So no excuses. Just kidding. Okay, so I'm going to be bringing on our special guests in just a moment. I'm thrilled to have them on. We're going to hear all about Monsters from the Closet and get to hear a selection of one of the stories that's going to be premiering in the very near future. Spooky, scary skeletons and shivers down your spine. Shrieking skulls will shock your soul and seal your doom tonight. Spooky, scary skeletons speak with such a screech. You'll shake and shudder in surprise when you hear these zombies shriek. 
We're so sorry, skeletons, you're so misunderstood. You only want to socialize, but I don't think we should. A spooky, scary skeleton shouts startling shrilly screams. The sneak on there's a couple of girls and just won't leave you be. episode of the Countdown to Halloween Podathon. We're doing something a little different. We're going to take a little break from movies for a while. What? What, Patrick? What are we going to do? Well, calm down. I'll tell you. Because there is a brand new podcast that is about to debut. And they contacted me on Facebook and they just said hi and I immediately was enthralled by the idea and I said, I have to have you on the show. And we are very lucky to have them on. Here to tease their upcoming premiere of the podcast, Monsters Out of the Closet. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, may I introduce to you Nicole Kalond and Shreya Venkatesh. Hello. Hi. Hello. Welcome to Scream Queens. Thanks so much for having us. Super glad to be here. Now, I have to tell you, I get a lot of... You know, notices from people who are, you know, oh, someone's following me on Facebook. Someone's following me on Facebook. I rarely pay much attention to it. I jumped on yours like it was an all-you-can-eat buffet. I was so excited that somebody is doing – oh, actually, why don't you tell me what Monsters Out of the Closet is all about? Nicole? Yeah, well, Monsters Out of the Closet is a new podcast um, where we're really – featuring and showcasing creative works, fiction, poetry, music uh, by LGBTQ artists who are really exploring, expanding what it means to be in the horror genre. Um, So we're really just trying to be um, a platform for artists like us. Mm -hmm. We're covering... Yeah, we're covering natural thrillers, um, really expanding this idea of a spine tingling suspense, um, and also what it means to be weird and different. See, that's so up my alley. I was so excited because, all right, let me explain something to you. When I started this show seven years ago, I wasn't even sure there was an audience for it. People would say, I don't think that gay and horror go together, but here I am seven years later, so I'm always excited to see somebody starting out doing something that you know i am so much behind and i think is a one sadly underheard voice definitely that's something that i know i have encountered when i talk to my friends about the project just like oh i don't even like horror nicole like or horror is so exclusive and i i think that sometimes you just have to go back to the roots and see kind of what the stories were being told um and seeing that there's definitely a space for marginalized voices i mean a big chunk of the genre Mm -hmm. is all about people who are marginalized so it's really about time that um you know people who are marginalized take control of the narrative right so yeah i mean our our tagline is also sorry um our tagline is also they called us monsters so monsters we became like it's this idea of turning around a genre that has been historically used to point out how bad people like us supposedly are and then coming around and thinking about okay so what do we find horrifying what do we find suspenseful 
and turning around that idea of you know what the genre means through Can our I lens and through our voices. A very big yas, yas to all that. <laughs> Yeah. I, and I yes. did, and I did. You so can. there we are. So where where is the material coming from? Yes. Are you writing it all? We do write some pieces. Um, I myself am a writer, um, and and I kind of started writing some horror uh, last year. But a lot of the work we're actually reaching out to our own personal networks. We're just casting out a wide net across the internet. Um, Tumblr has been like a really mm-hmm. good networking source for us. Um, so really Twitter. Find, yeah, Twitter has also been really great. And uh, we've been just really trying to get as wide in it as possible because we don't want to be the only voice on the podcast. Uh, we want to make sure that the content that is on the podcast is as, as diverse as the community uh, that we are representing. Okay, that's an excellent way of looking at things. Um, and do the authors read their own material or you're getting actors for that so we have that option that authors get first pick basically of reading their own material for the podcast but we also have a fantastic network of readers of people who volunteer to voice act or sing or recite these various pieces um, and they're also incredible because sometimes we send them pieces two days in advance and they're like, yep, I'll do it tonight. <laughs> so we have, I think, just an ever-growing community of people who are bringing our podcast to life. That's very exciting. So, um, okay, so what's some of your what, – some sorry, I can't speak. I also should have warned you beforehand. In the middle of this marathon, I decided to get sick. So I'm on all kinds of medications. So I'm a little loopy no. at the moment, but just bear with me. We're all getting. And also get del- like I warned you, I get delirious during all this. But like, what's what are some of the things going on in the industry right now that are exciting? Like some movies or, or any books or authors that get you excited? I know that for me, um, a movie that I recently saw that was really interesting was uh, The Witch. Yes. Uh, just like aesthetically so fascinating and there was just so much gender politics that I really enjoyed kind of piecing apart and I still don't really know how I feel about the film. It was just something that kept me thinking about it and as far as books, uh, I recently read some uh, uh, Shannon McGuire um, and she's a fantastic writer. Um, uh, The book I read was Every Heart a Doorway which features... Um, a trans character and a sexual character and they're kind of in this kind of like moody spooky boarding school for kids who have gone to other universes like a la alice in wonderland okay Okay, that is a name that was not even on my radar so thank you for that and the witch i love how so many movies coming out now are so divisive that people are either loving it or they're hating it just because I love that the conversation will go on long after the movie's over. Even if you didn't like it, you'll be yakking about it for a long time rather than a movie that you forgot about by the time you got home. And The Witch gave exactly. you so much to chew on. I think for me on. that movie was... No, no you go. Sorry. You're the guest. You always, you always yeah, have right of way. I think for me that, that movie was Get Out. Um, mm, <laughs> I think for me that movie was Get Out. And while that does not cover like LGBTQ issues, for me it definitely covered the issue of mm. diversity and things. Again, shaping the horror genre, thinking about, okay, what is horrifying and to whom and in which ways do, does horror, like, appeal to different people and really get at their hindbrains, you know, and, and get out with something like that for me sure. as a person of color. Um, and so it also inspired me to think about that, like, perspective switch 
in horror. Um, and then also going on to the supernatural side, this is not as recent, but the web series of Carmilla that was mm-hmm. done um, as like a bunch of, of like vlog installments. That I don't was know this one at all. To see as a way of, oh, it's great. Oh yeah, Patrick, you need to get on that. It's great. Carmilla. Yeah, they're actually coming out with a movie um, pretty soon. Why is that name mm-hmm. familiar to me? Mm-hmm. It's the inspiration. Carmilla is one, one of the, yeah. I'm sorry, everybody talked mm-hmm. at the Carmilla same time. Carmilla was like the original gothic vampire story. And okay. it features a female vampire who preys on women. Um, so as you can see, there's already like this rich mine of content there that, that new authors and new content producers can go back and, and rewrite and revise and reclaim. Sure. So that's sure, sure, sure. exciting. I love and that. The way the web series does it is amazing. And it's from the same era as, as Dracula was written? I think it actually predates it by a little bit. Fascinating. See, I love all that stuff from that era, like particularly Dracula, that it was all, mm-hmm. it was practically Victorian porn. <laughs> Basically. Yeah, pe- yeah Penny you know, Dreadfuls some... are, are so fascinating. And uh, it's something that I think with our modern perspectives, we can really like flip our understanding of what those stories are about and kind of uh, remix the meaning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just because coming from an era where you couldn't show an ankle, talking about neck that much, a lady's neck alone in bed, that's that's dirty stuff, dirty stuff. But mm-hmm. I, yeah, that's, I will definitely look up Carmilla and a web series. Thank you for waking me up to that. Sometimes I've been in the business so long, I feel like I know everything. So it's always difficult <laughs> when I find about something new. So now you're both writers. Um, short stories, like what, what? What's your favorite medium to write in? Uh, Shreya, well, if you want to go. I- Sure. Um, I write poetry songs and mashups thereof. I'm not really good at prose because I kind of get to about a page and I'm like, well, that's all the words that I have about this right now. Um, And I'm definitely one of those, you know, like inspiration struck me and I wrote this in one day and partially in the car and partially in the shower (laughs) rather than, you know, okay, I sat down and now I have to write. Um, My brain just doesn't work that way. But I think Nicole was a little more structured. You and me both. You and me both. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I tend to go more for short story right now. Um, I've tried longer pieces, but those tend to fizzle out, and I revisit it two years later, and I immediately hate what I've written. So short stories <laughs> seems to be a sweet spot that I'm in right now. Okay, I get that. I, there's something about writing a short story that I appreciate because everything has to be important. You can't have any mm-hmm. filler or loose ends. That was That's how I was taught. And yeah, just exactly. learning how to think in a concentrated manner like that is a challenge. And I, and I, 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 I'm talking about myself instead of talking about you. So <laughs> where are you? you are featured out of Portland? Um, we're actually in different cities is the wild part. Um, I'm in Portland, Oregon. Shreya's in L.A. Uh, we actually met in our hometown of San – well, hometown, home neighborhood of uh, San, San Jose. Jose. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Was it at the Winchester Mystery House by any chance? Because I think that would be a great place for horror writers to meet. <laughs> it was not, but Nicole worked there for a while. You did. I'm mistaken. I did. I worked there for the last year thereabouts. Can I tell you, I was obsessed with the Winchester Mystery House for the longest time because it was in a Hardy Boys novel or something <laughs> that I read as a kid. So I had my whole – I had a whole dream image of what it would be like 
to go there, and I went there and was very disappointed. <laughs> like, oh, this that's is a not, This is not like my fantasy at all. <laughs> it's, it's hard. That's That was the, the struggle of being a tour guide there because um, I remember also having like a weird image of it because I grew up with it. I would go on field trips to see it, that kind of thing. And like gr- going back, it just wasn't quite the same, although I really love the history of the house and all the details that you can really – um, make come alive and with the right tour guide I mean that house is just really phenomenal like when you get to kind of the narrative that was Sarah Winchester's life and that's kind of something I tried to take with me from that job is the idea that like history is filled with these really interesting narratives if you only um, are willing to kind of flesh out characters who are otherwise kind of you know caricatures nicely put Nicely put. And just on the off chance, I have a few listeners who don't know what the Winchester Mystery House is. Could you give me like a 30-second elevator speech? Sure. So um, in the middle of the Silicon Valley, there's a 160-room Victorian mansion that was built over the course of 38 years by a, uh incredibly wealthy firearms heiress, uh, Sarah Winchester, whose entire family died basically over the course of 15 years in her life. And she was so grief stricken. The legend is that she believed that the only way to appease the spirits killed by the Winchester rifle who were haunting her was to build this mansion without stopping um, every day, every hour for the rest of her life. And she did, uh, she did that. She built the house for 38 years until her death uh, when, where she passed away in the house. Okay. Thank you. That, that, that was excellent. Well done. It was almost like you worked there or something. I know. <laughs> uh, okay. So now the show launches on Halloween, appropriately enough. Where can people find it? Well, we are on. You can find it on pretty much everywhere you can find podcasts iTunes, Stitcher, um, where Google else? Play, um, Google yeah, Play. Google Play, SoundCloud. And we're, yeah, we're on more and more platforms every day. What I was really looking for was, what's your web address? What's, that's what I should have said. But Okay. Well, monstersoutofthecloset.com is our website. Um, we're at pod underscore monsters. Twitter. Where okay. else can you find us? Tumblr. Monsters Out of the Closet on Tumblr. You got social media covered. Right on. I get exhausted doing that stuff. I'm very impressed with people who can get, keep up with that. Okay, so, my beautiful listeners, we have decided to give you a little teaser. A little bit of one of the episodes in store for you on Monsters in the Closet. So we're going to go out with that. So I want to thank you, Nicole, and thank you, Sharia, for coming on and talking about the show. Best of luck with your launch. Thank you so much, Patrick. Thank you. It was great to meet you. Great to talk about our child. Um, we hope you all love it. And let me tell you, they sent me some. They sent me some sample stuff. You kids are in for a treat. All right. Thank you, ladies, for coming on the show. It has been a pleasure meeting you again. Good luck with the launch. And um, all right. I was going to say so something witty about the closet, and I can't come up with anything. So I have failed. I have failed as a podcaster. <laughs> They're going to do better than I'm doing right now. Welcome to the marathon, people. <laughs> So the following is an excerpt from the story Click, 
which is written by Lucian Clark and is read by Tara Rongen. Now, it's not the whole story. It's just a little taste, a little sneak preview, something to get your appetite all worked up. Or should I say your thirst? Your thirst for blood and for original horror stories. To find out what happens, you're going to have to go over to Monsters Out of the Closet and listen there. It's an easy thing to do. You'll be dying from suspense anyway. Dying. So just sit back, relax, and enjoy. Click. 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 She wrapped her nails on the table, sounding like a small dog walking across a tile floor. This analogy wasn't entirely incorrect, though the words were not small nor dog, in the man's best friend sense, anyway. Lenore sighed and with a loud huff, rested her head in her other hand and continued her clicking on the kitchen table. What to do, what to do. The rain echoed her rhythm on the table, a slow and heavy sort of rain, the type that soaks you the minute you walk out the door with fat, heavy drops. She couldn't go for a run. Her girlfriend hated the way she smelled when she went for a run in the rain. Her girlfriend was a cat person, being a witch and all. But of course, she fell for the werewolf. Go figure. Anna would shoo Lenore out of the house some nights until she dried out and this rain didn't seem to want to stop. So that was out of the question. What was a bored werewolf to do? Anna was out. She was out often. Lenore didn't have to ask where she went anyway. She always came back smelling like spice and sweat. Anna said it was her coven. She never smelled like sex or lust, so Lenore didn't pry much more into it. No reason. You can't really hide cheating from a werewolf. People joke about people stinking of guilt and other women, which isn't exactly incorrect, but Lenore doubted they could actually smell it like her. With a groan of the chair, Lenore rose her massive frame and decided to see what mischief she could get into in her own house. Why not explore Anna's study? Maybe she could set up a nice surprise for her, or get some ideas for the soon-coming holidays. Whatever Lenore could get into in the study was infinitely more interesting than watching water falling from the sky. The stairs creaked as she climbed them, protesting their years of continued use. It was an old house, and old houses complain like old people. They ache and they creak. Lenore's grandmother often compared herself to this very house before she passed. Living in the same place for that long, the house becomes a part of you, an extension of you. The house breathes and sounds like its owner. Lenore shuddered, thinking of the house as a living being, something old and foreboding. But she quickly pushed the idea aside. The upstairs was small. Simple. Three bedrooms, one converted to Anna's study, one Anna and her own, and the other a guest room. A small half-bathroom with a standing shower made up the remainder of the upstairs. The house wasn't large, but for two people, it was enough. Anna got by with her flower shop over in the city. Lenore worked as a bouncer at a nightclub. A pretty stereotypical profession for a werewolf, but it fit. Lenore wasn't exactly a people person, and her large size intimidated more than enough people. 
Plus, it was a mundane bar, so no worries about prying other werewolves apart as they fought over who knows what. Werewolves tended to be temperamental, to put it lightly. Lenore gently knocked on the door to Anna's study. Anna was out, but Lenore did it out of habit and half out of concern that if she didn't, the wreath on the door would curse her. Her girlfriend wasn't that type of witch, but rather safe than sorry. She may be rather impervious to knife wounds, being punched, and other physical attacks, but the spiritual? Not so much. Lenora ran her hand over the wreath of dried plants and herbs, remembering at one time Anna had described to her every plant at its purpose on the wreath. She'd forgotten, of course, never seeing a use for them when she was the house's built-in self-defense system. She opened the door, listening to it creak and groan and thinking of her grandmother once again. A small sigh escaped her lips. It had been years now since she had passed, but living in her old house kept her memory alive. Maybe too alive, sometimes, for Lenore. She often thought of selling the place and moving somewhere out west with Anna. She and Anna had even fought over it. In the end, Anna's sense always won over Lenore's wanderlust. Maybe eventually Lenore would find a pack and a sense of belonging in this town. Maybe not. She had Anna, and that was enough for her at the moment. Anna's study had a faint glow to it. On her desk sat a small terrarium with some sort of glowing fungus. Another thing Anna had told her about that she forgot over time. The dull green glow gave the room an eerie appeal, coaxing Lenore's curiosity out more. She had explored the books in the room before, questioned about this or that, but never dug deeper. Tonight, on this dreary, damp night, Lenore was going to explore Anna's study. It was a challenge that made Lenore's hair stand on end. She was excited, and she could feel it tingling across her body. First, she looked through the bookshelf, her nose guiding her across the dusty old tomes. There was nothing exceptional or new. Books on different plants, herbs, spell books, books passed down from Anna's own grandmother and mother, some books in languages that Lenore nor Anna could read, but she still kept them. For witches, books are everything. It contains everything they need, knowledge of hundreds of years passed down. Werewolves had stuck to oral history for the most part, and even that was shaky and up to the teller to edit as they saw fit. The books were a bust. Lenore moved to the desk, sniffing and poking around Anna's papers. She rustled and shuffled them about, accidentally tipping over a vial. The top popped off, and Lenore scrambled to collect the contents back in, but there was nothing. Probably a charm of some sort Anna was working on. The bottle was freezing, as if it had been dipped in ice. It was cold enough to send pinpricks of pain through her hand. In the glow of the room, the glass reflected small symbols, lovingly and delicately etched on the surface. It was beautiful. Lenore ran her thumb over the carvings, inspecting them in the dull light. Low-light vision. One of the many werewolf perks. Of course, not so much when you caught the people banging in the barely-lit bathrooms of the clubs. Why anyone would fuck in the shit-covered walls of that place was beyond her. She continued her search, moving to sit in Anna's chair. The chair protested, the arms pressing against her in an uncomfortable fashion. The chair was not meant to hold her bulk. It was definitely meant for someone half Lenore's size, like its owner. 
She dug through the cabinets, ruffled through the papers. Nothing. There was nothing new or exciting to be found. She'd have to find another way to pass her time. Lenore turned her attention to the glowing green fungus on the desk. If only she could remember its name. A loud bang startled Lenore from her pondering as the door to the room flew open. Lenore shook her head, giving a rough chuckle. Draft. Simple as that. She rose from Anna's chair, tapping on the glass of the glowing mushroom's container, as she'd have to ask Anna about this later. Maybe she could help Anna out with some of the basics of her craft. It would kill time and give her something to do when it was rainy and she didn't want to deal with Anna complaining about wet dog smell. The hallway was dark. She could have sworn she left the light on. She reached for the switch. Click. Nothing. Click, click. Still nothing. You have been listening to an excerpt of Click by Lucian Clark, read by Tara Rangan, available in full on the Monsters Out of the Closet podcast, which premieres this Tuesday, which is Halloween. Oh, gosh. We're nearing the end, kids. We're nearing the end of this crazy marathon thing, and I am actually overjoyed. I'm exhausted and very happy not to have to watch scary movies for at least two weeks. But still, we're not done yet. We still have two more to go. And tomorrow, we're going to be taking a look at a movie that has only been recently rediscovered. Uh, an independent film called The Legend of Grizzly Gertie. And one of you sent me a copy, and it sat in my inbox for months, for months, because I thought it was going to be garbage. And I have to say, this was one of the most unsettling films I've ever seen. It's about cannibalism and murder and mayhem going on in this small upstate New York town. One of those towns that's centered around a girl's school, an exclusive exclusive girl's school. You know, one of my favorite settings. And you guys are in for a treat. Um, because that's what this season is all about, right? Trick or treat. And you're getting a treat tomorrow. Oh, yes, you are. So, as I said before, I'm not going to be taking voicemails, playing them rather, during the marathon episodes, but I am collecting your stories of Halloween adventures, haunted houses, haunted hayrides, creepy campouts, terrifying sale at Target, I don't know, something, car wash of evil. Please call in and tell me what happened to you this Halloween, because the first episode in October is going to be turned over to you. You are running the podcast, and in order for me to hear these stories, you've got to get them to me. So pick up the phone and dial 917-720-2047. Or you can write me at crew at screamqueens.com. And as always, that's Queens with a Z. You can like me on Facebook by doing a search on Scream Queens where horror gets gay. You can find me on Twitter at Scream Queens. And you can send your Halloween costume photos to Alexis over at Instagram. And the address there is Scream Queens Podcast. And of course, if you can't get enough of the Scream Queens experience and you want bonus episodes every month, become a patron by heading over to www.patreon.com slash Scream Queens and choosing a subscription plan and you will be in the know. Like Don Ho. What? 
what? That made no sense. No sense at all. And of course, I'm going to ask you one more time before we're leaving, one more time to keep us warm till the next episode, please head on over to give.classy.org slash SQ and donate to new alternatives for homeless LGBT teens. We are so close to the goal that I could taste it. But we're not there yet. And it could be you that puts us over the edge. And I will be extremely happy. You might even get a tiara. You never know. It's the season of Halloween, so anything could happen. So, until tomorrow, my beautiful, beautiful screamers, continue to make the world a creepier place. And remember the Scream Queen's golden rule. Fight or flight, survive the night, make it to the final reel, baby. Oh, yeah. Some of the music for tonight's program has been provided by Mavio's Music Service. Check them out at music.mavio.com, bitches! <laughs>